Um, uh, for our Big Kid Reflection Time, we're really going to be trying to just answer one question, one uh, big question, but it has two different parts. Uh, the question is simply where. Uh, where does light come from? That's sort of part B. And part A, uh, where does darkness come from? So uh, one question, where? And then the, the two parts of that, where does darkness come from and where does light come from? Uh, the disclaimer here, of course, is that we're going to be answering that from a biblical perspective. So we're just going to be looking at different passages in Scripture, uh, trying to trying to figure out what scripture says about where darkness comes from and where light comes from. Uh, and the reason it's important to draw that out is because uh, we have to kind of put our, you know, 2021 sophistication uh, technology sort of on the back burner, right? Because uh, they may or may not understand in scripture, for instance, that, that the color black, that darkness comes from, from all the other colors kind of mixed together, right? The more colors you add to your page, uh, then uh, the darker your page is going to be. Um, and they definitely don't understand uh, light and darkness from a switch, right? That's just completely foreign to them. So, so we have to kind of put some of our sophistication technology aside and try to understand what they see and, and what they think when they uh, are trying to answer that question, where does darkness come from? Where does darkness come from? If we go way back, uh, we can start the journey in Genesis 1 verse 2. And really what we see there is that, um, uh, is that darkness is the absence of light. Um, just listen to this verse. This is before anything is created. It's before God starts his work. And, uh, and here's what it says. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And, um, and what we see there, of course, is that darkness is just the absence of light. The light isn't present yet. It hasn't been created by Almighty God. And so there's just nothing but darkness. Um, scripture, as it goes on, is going to get more and more specific about darkness. And so, so we want to dive into some of these passages. For instance, Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8 kind of uh, details a sequence of things that lead up to darkness. And it's kind of interesting. All four of these things in the sequence of Isaiah 8 um, can, can certainly uh, be darkness on their own or could certainly lead to darkness. Uh, but each one of these things build on each other and create this deep, thick darkness. And so... In Isaiah chapter 8, um, darkness uh, is a result of, of the people of God inquiring of mediums and necromancers. Uh, actually, that word is actually in the Bible. I thought it was only a Lord of the Rings uh, thing, but it, it turns out it's actually in Scripture. Um, and and so, so really what that means is that the, the king of the people of God and the people of God themselves were inquiring. They were seeking advice and counsel from somebody or something else besides God. Um, they, they were going to somebody else, uh, something else, and saying, hey, what's going to happen? What should we do? Uh, the people of God were inquiring of something besides God. And that inquiry somehow leads to distress and hunger. If you uh, read in uh, Isaiah chapter 8, the later verses of that, uh, the inquiry of the people of God somehow leads to distress and hunger. We, we don't know. Uh, it, maybe uh, those inquiries just had no answer at all. That would be a very biblical thing. Uh, people frequently turn to idols, and idols have ears, but they can't hear, and they have a mouth, but they can't speak. And so often people turn to idols or other things for answers about what's going to happen or what they should do, and there's no answer and no 
reply. Uh, maybe best construction on things. Uh, the inquiries of the people of God just had a wrong answer. We don't really know, but the inquiry of the people of God uh, goes awry and it leads to distress and hunger. And then it says that that distress and hunger, that physical need, uh, makes them angry at God. Uh, there's a way of, uh, and, and we don't experience it quite as much in this country, but there's a, there, there's a sense of physical need that, that sometimes makes us frustrated uh, or angry at God. And then the people of God, after all of that, uh, the, their anger turns their eyes off of heaven and, and really just down here on earth. And they start looking down here for help. And of course, no help is offered. This is Isaiah chapter 8. No help is given. And so um, the, the text says that the people find themselves in distress and darkness and the gloom of anguish. So just follow the sequence, right? They, they inquire, they, they go to somebody and something else besides God for advice and counsel. Um, no advice and counsel is given, which leads to distress and hunger. And that distress and hunger leads to anger at God. And then they turn to world and worldly things for help and no help is given. And the darkness and the gloom of anguish is thick for them. Isaiah 60 is another place where darkness is found. And in Isaiah 60, darkness is everywhere. It, it literally covers the face of the earth, it says. And, and, and darkness um, is thick. It's not just like kind of dark. It's like really, really dark. This is a thick darkness, Isaiah 60 says. And, and the darkness is detailed for us in uh, Isaiah chapter 59, which is right before Isaiah 60. Uh, the, the cultural uh, circumstances of the people is kind of detailed. And it basically says this. It says several things, that, that the iniquities of the people uh, created the separation between them and God. So in other words, their sin created darkness. Uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, a black cloth, uh, a doubly thick, triply thick black cloth was, was held up between them and God. Um, iniquities made the separation between them and God. It says that the cultural circumstances uh, were, were very violent. The people were violent towards one another. Um, they, they frequently spoke lies, uh, likely to each other, but also to God himself. It says that they had impure thoughts. It says that they walked on crooked paths. Uh, in scripture, you want to walk on the straight path. Uh, there, there's one path, one good path for you to walk on, and it's a straight path. Uh, and these people are walking on crooked paths. And then it says simply that they had sin in their heart and in their life. This is Isaiah chapter 59. And uh, sin in this case means that there's a good path, uh, a path that you should be on, and the people are wandering off of that path. They're straying from that path. Isaiah chapter 60. Um, and if we keep going, oh man, I lost my notes here. Uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, darkness uh, that we already uh, read earlier. Um, darkness comes from the people's sin. And another way to describe that is uh, missing the mark, right? There's a target that you should hit, a target that is laid out there for you, and that target is being missed. Maybe you're aiming at a different target. Uh, maybe you're trying to hit that target and you're just missing, but you're missing the target that you should be hitting. And in Luke chapter 1, we know the cultural circumstance of the people. This is the historical time of Jesus. And we know that things aren't how they used to be. It used to be in the Old Testament when we think about, you know, King David and King Solomon. The nations literally...
literally flowed to the people of God. Uh, they were in charge. You could say that they were like the center of the whole world, and that's kind of how God set them up to be. But now, Luke chapter 1, things are not as they used to be. Um, now Rome is in charge, and they're under the oppressive thumb of Rome. Uh, Rome is the center of the world and the thing that all nations sort of flow to. And when things aren't as they used to be, that creates a certain level of darkness. Uh, we can even go to John chapter 8, where Jesus tells us where light and darkness come from. And he says that darkness comes from not following him. Um, uh, that, that darkness, uh, we've talked uh, frequently, right, that a disciple is following Jesus on mission with Jesus and is being changed by Jesus. Um, a, a disciple is somebody who follows Jesus. That means to walk the same road as him in the same way that he walks it. And, and so darkness comes from not following Jesus. Here's the question for you. In 2020, where would you say that your darkness comes from? We stand at the beginning of 2021, and we sort of do that natural thing where we look back over the course of the last year, and, and I mean, how would you label 2020 as mostly darkness or mostly light? Now, I'm sure that you had at least pockets of darkness in 2020. Where would you say that darkness came from? I think the reality is, if you're like me, you, you probably say, yeah, I connect to all those things, Pastor Dave, that you just walked through, and so much more. See, we can relate and connect to um, darkness that comes from, from consulting and seeking advice from something besides God. Um, we can uh, sense the darkness, we understand darkness that comes from physical need, distress and hunger, things that press against us. Uh, we understand darkness um, that, that comes from our own sin. Um, we understand darkness that comes from, from life not being how it used to be. We understand darkness that comes from not following Jesus, not walking the same road as he walks it. And of course, you throw on top of all of that the darkness that comes from COVID and all the death that surrounded us in 2020 and all the fear of sickness and disease that we faced. And then you face, uh, throw on top of that, the, the, the racial and political tensions that we encountered. And there's a certain level of darkness that comes from that tension. And then the loss of all the events and even the relationships that we used to call normal. And, and now those relationships and those events feel very distant. And there's a certain level of darkness that comes from those things. Where did your darkness come from in 2020? Uh, there's this really interesting thing that happens in Scripture that, that usually, almost every time that, that darkness is mentioned, there, there's, there's sort of something that follows uh, very closely right behind. There's always some references to light. And so darkness is, is almost never left on its own, and darkness never really is allowed to stay. Instead, darkness is pushed out and light enters into the picture. And so uh, for the next several minutes, we want to just answer that question, where does light come from? Uh, 
And we go all the way back and we look at Genesis chapter 1, right? We read Genesis 1 verse 2 where the, the, the darkness was hovering over the deep. And then Genesis 1 verse 3 pops in. And guess what? God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's a fascinating moment. Um, from page one of Scripture, God is the source of light. Light always needs a source. And from page one of Scripture, that source is God. Light always needs a source. And from page one, that source is God. Isaiah chapter 9, right? We looked at Isaiah chapter 8 where these, this mounting sequence of things leads up to this darkness. In Isaiah chapter 9, it's a fascinating moment because what happens is uh, the origin's not necessarily detailed, but there's just kind of this, this harsh light that pops up. This is a, a light that is a great light, as you see there. And, uh, and this is, uh, you know, it's like one of those moments where you're in the dark and all of a sudden somebody flips the light on and you're like, oh, geez, that's what happens here, right? Isaiah 8 is darkness everywhere. There's there's this mounting darkness, and then Isaiah 9, there's this great light that just shines on the darkness. And what we've got to see is that if we would read on in Isaiah 9, uh, light always comes with an increase. Uh, it's fascinating, right? These people have been experiencing decrease after decrease after decrease. And, and as you read on in Isaiah 9, I'd invite you to read it on your own later today. Um, there's this increase of people instead of a decrease of people. There's this increase of resources instead of a decrease of resources. There's an increase of joy and an increase of peace because light comes with an increase. And, and, and this is fascinating. Um, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, light is connected to a person, um, a very small person, in fact, a baby. It says this, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If we move forward then to Isaiah chapter 60, right, this is where the, the, the darkness, the thick darkness covers the entire earth, right? That was, that was in Isaiah 59, and then even right here in Isaiah 60, and the good news comes that, that light has come and is coming. And in Isaiah 60, light comes from the Lord. Uh, just see that parallel there, right? Arise, shine, your light has come. And then just that next uh, couple of lines down, the Lord will arise upon you. Uh, this is not the harsh, brilliant light that makes you shield your eyes. This is kind of more like a, a gentle sunrise. You know, this is one of those lights that kind of start dim and then gets brighter the longer it's on. Uh, this is kind of a gentle, uh, welcomed light. Uh, the, the light comes from the Lord. It comes from the glory of the Lord. Uh, glory is a word that, that uh, here means kind of weighty, so, so significant, right? The Lord is glorious. He is significant. And so um, the, the, the weightier he is, the more significant the Lord is in your life, the more light you'll have, the more light you will experience. And it's fascinating if you read those opening verses of Isaiah 60, um, the, the nations are attracted to this light. The nations flood to this light because in the book of Isaiah, um, uh, the, the nations are wandering in darkness. And, um, and, and so when they see this little glimmer of light off in the distance, they just sort of nat naturally gravitate towards that light. 
Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, which is our, our key theme for, for the day, um, there is a sunrise from where? From on high. A sunrise from on high. Uh, uh, Zechariah is singing about the coming of Jesus. And, and when he sings about the coming of Jesus, he, he refers to Jesus as a sunrise from on high. And just see that um, as you read Luke 1, uh, that it comes with mercy and tenderness. Now, mercy is, is a common word in Scripture. Um, it, it means uh, God's loyal, faithful, gracious love. And, and, and that is emphasized by the tender mercy. Tenderness is a, uh, is a deep feeling word. It's, a, it's an in-your-gut, in-your-heart kind of word. And, and so when you say tender mercy, uh, this is God's loyal, faithful, gracious love emphasized or intensified. And the light of Jesus comes with mercy and tenderness. Um, the light shines on those who desperately need it in Luke chapter 1. These people are sitting in darkness in the shadow of death. Remember, this is the, the group of people who are saying, hey, things aren't how they used to be. They desperately need a light, and that light shines. And, and that light also um, lights up the path towards peace. I picture um, somebody with a big old flashlight out there, and they're shining on one path saying, nope, not this one. This is the one you want. Everybody come to this path, path towards peace. Uh, John chapter 8, uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right? He says just uh, straight up, I am the light of the world. Light always needs a source. From page 1 of Scripture, that source is God. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and everyone who follows me will not walk in darkness. And then I just have to go to the book of Revelation. About a year ago at this time, we were just beginning the study in uh, the book of Revelation. This is Revelation 21 verses 23 to 25. It says that, that it talks about a place that has no need for the sun or the moon. Can you imagine? It has no need for the sun or the moon because God himself, his glory, gives that place light. And Jesus is the lamp for that city. Uh, look, I, I think it's just massively important for us to, to, to really, uh, at the beginning of 2021 here, to, to be considering where does darkness come from? Because that helps us to say, look, I'm going to, if I can, stay away from those kinds of things. Sometimes the light, uh, the darkness just invades anyways, and, and it, and it kind of just envelops us. And, and so in 2020, we probably faced both of those, where we stepped into things that were dark, but we also had darkness that was chasing us and pursuing us. But I also think it's massively important for us to identify where light comes from, <laughs> Uh, because uh, we might be tempted to try to find light in the wrong things. And I just want to be really clear here at the start of 21, uh, 2021. Light doesn't come from an arbitrary flip of the calendar. And light doesn't come from vaccines. And light doesn't come from stimulus checks in your bank account. Light comes from Emmanuel. Light always needs a source, and from page one of Scripture, that source is God. And we can celebrate, and we know that, that we have a God who is, what, with us. <laughs> He's Emmanuel. 
he, he's been Emmanuel before. He's promised to be Emmanuel in the future, and he is Emmanuel with us right now today. And so we know that no matter how thick the darkness is, that darkness is not the end. There's always going to be light that follows. Light is coming. Light is here. And so we can celebrate. And for me, uh, praying this particular verse from Come, O Come, Emmanuel is really helpful. Um, it's really helpful after maybe a bad, dark day. <laughs> it's really helpful after a bad, dark year. And it just kind of comes to Jesus and invites him and his light into our life. So let's pray it together. Come our day spring from on high. Lord, you are the sunrise, you are the light of the world, and we ask, will you please come? And will you come to be with us and visit us? Uh, will you cheer us? And will you bring us great joy by, by drawing nigh, by being close, by being with us? Emmanuel, we ask you to disperse the gloomy clouds of night, to, to just drive away all gloom and sorrow from our lives. And we ask, will you please put death's dark shadows to flight? Emmanuel, we rejoice. We rejoice. We celebrate that you have come, that you've promised to come, and that you are with us now. Be our light in the darkness. And all God's people said, amen.